Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, folks. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and we are coming to you uh, yes, still the virtual Business Radio X studio. No, we're not in Renaissance Bank quite yet, but uh, hopefully uh, one of these uh, days soon we'll be back uh, in, in our studio there. But in the meantime, uh, we still love the folks at Renaissance. They've done a great job with the, with the PPP loans and other help for small business. I know that myself because I've worked with them uh, on behalf of clients. So check them out, renaissancebank.com. If you want to go into the branch, you can, but you need an appointment ahead of time. So um, give them a call or go to renaissancebank.com for more information. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to turn to an old friend, Patrick O'Rourke. He is with Practice Quotient. Patrick, how are you and welcome. Doing awesome, John. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So, Practice Quotient. Tell us about uh, your firm. Tell us about you. Tell us about what you do, how you serve. Okay. Well, I'm Patrick O'Rourke. I'm the founder and CEO of a firm called Practice Quotient. Everybody calls it PQ for short. I like that. Yeah. Practice Quotient doesn't roll off the tongue, I guess. (laughs) You know, so I was thinking like intelligence quotient, practice quotient. Mm -hmm. I thought thought it was quite clever, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife thought it was silly. But, you know, there you go. So at any rate, um, that's our our business is called uh, practice quotient. And Mm -hmm. what we do is, you know, really the formal technical term for what we do is that we do manage dental care network uh, contract analysis and negotiation um, what clients and what most folks understand that to be is that you know we analyze PPO contracts and we make sure that they're suitable for uh, our clients our clients being uh, general dentists oral surgeons periodontists uh, endodontists uh, anybody in the dental space prosthodontists uh, we have some orthos uh, and you know anybody that's submitting CDT which are, you know, there's medical codes and the dental codes have their own codes. Um, so we analyze all the contracts and then we make sure that they are a win-win for both the provider, i.e. our client, and for the network mm-hmm. or payer, mm-hmm. i.e. the insurance company. Mm. And so we're, I'd like to think that we're a bridge between the provider and the payer communities. You, what you're talking about is something extraordinarily important to a dental practice, yet this is not something they cover in dental school, right? I mean, uh, what, what, what best practices are when it comes to the insurance carriers that you offer through your practice? Mm, it does seem to be the case. Mm. They um, do not have any classes and um, <laughs> contract review, statistical or actuarial analysis. Mm. Um, no, they don't, or even credentialing or any of the other stuff that's involved mm-hmm. with it. You know, we don't do credentialing, but there's a lot that's actually involved with, with this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's a very big decision. And so no, they, they don't teach it in dental school. Um, and you know, there's, 
I don't know. You'd really have to go to insurance school. I think, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a bit different and mm. it's incredibly time consuming, but it affects it a good, not a good portion. I would say it, it can affect up to 50% or more of the reimbursement of a dental practice or dental specialty practice. And so you have to understand, cause this is one of your biggest, it's, you know, top two of your costs. If you're in plans, um, you know, PPOs can be very useful. Um, it just depends. There's no one size fits all solution. So every practice kind of has its own, you know, patient acquisition and retention strategy, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, what is that? You know, so sometimes I ask clients and they're like, I don't know. Um, and that's kind of the, well, that right there's one of the symptoms of, well, you're, you know, losing money. So if you're, you're outsourcing, if you just sign up for every single PPO, then what happens is you're always on discount. You're always on sale, right? Mm. Because if, if you think about what we're doing here or what the deal is, the proposition is the dental insurance companies go to the providers and they say, Hey, um, listen, you know, usually you charge a hundred dollars for this service. And, you know, if you give us a discount of 30%, we'll pay you 70, right. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Terrific. Right. Don't you want new patients? And then we'll send you all these new patients and we'll give you the promotional consideration of being on our website Mm -hmm. (laughs) along with dozens and dozens of other names, particularly in Northern Metro Atlanta. Mm. Um, And you have the patient convenience of having claim pages in network. Mm -hmm. Um, You're getting the added bonus of the full weight and breadth of fortune 500 companies, marketing power, steering patients your way. Um, And so that part of it's definitely true. Now, if you're in a managed care friendly area, like say New York or, uh, you know, Southern California, um, it's almost, it's critical that you're in network, but there's mm. still fee for service only practices. So being in network, you know, dental insurance isn't like medical insurance. That's really a, a big misconception amongst consumers and really even the providers as well. You know, medical insurance, you have to go in network, right. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you want really any coverage, you know, in most cases, like if you certainly an HMO, but even your point of service plans, you know, dental PPOs, a PPO by definition, has out of network coverage, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and dental, the P, dental PPO, PPOs are by far and away, it's not even close, right? 85% of the entire market of dental insurance. And so, you know, it's a very limited benefit, you know, it's usually 100% coverage for your preventive. So think, you know, office visits, x rays, routine cleanings, you know, and then 80% for your basic, which could be, you know, think um, extractions and fillings and then. 50% for your major works. I think crowns, dentures, implants, that type of stuff. Um, and that's the most common plan. And it's the same in or out of network in most cases. And so people can go out of network. It's not really a problem because you only have a thousand dollar max. Um, so, but you know, the consumers, the, the number one reason why people don't go to the dentist or access oral healthcare is because they don't have dental insurance. Mm-hmm which I personally think is silly, but I'm not going to change the world. Just me and you. Right. Um, you know, we, we there's no try. reason not to go to the dentist. If you don't have dental insurance, just use your HSA or your FSA. Right. Right. Um, and 
you know, the number two reason is they don't know how much it's going to cost, you know, even if they have dental insurance, because, you know, dental insurance to me is really easy and kind of, it's my bread and butter. I've been doing it for 20 years. Um, but, uh, you know, to Johnny Lunchbucket, when you're, you know, selling uh, the employer group benefits and you're doing an open enrollment meeting and you just explain the medical benefits, right? What's your prescription copay? How's the maternity work? And, mm-hmm. you know, here's your deductible, here's your HSA and your FSA, you know, like their eyes have already glazed over, <laughs> you know, right. I've done, I've done hundreds, if not a thousand of these open enrollment meetings. Sure. And uh, the only thing I want Johnny Lunchbucket to remember when he walks out of that door is he better go to a participating provider, mm. you know? And so I say it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. A different voice and then we write it and i say we the insurance industry um you know we put it on the eobs put it on all the marketing material and so you want to steer all of the members up from the insurance company to your participating providers to ensure uh, your cost of care is manageable um <clears throat> you know in theory you also want to make sure that you go into quality providers and you want to reward your providers for being in your network. Mm-hmm. So that's what's in it for the insurance company. Um, and just for your listeners, you know, you know this, but I'm from the insurance industry. So that's kind of what makes us different. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of businesses or a couple of firms that do this across the country. And, you know, really the big difference is I'm, I'm, I'm from the insurance industry. So I, you know, help build dental insurance companies. Uh, I worked at Humana you know, for a while. Um, I, I'm professionally certified in dental benefits, underwriting, HIPAA, high tech, Medicare, wellness, uh, consumer driven health care plans, several other things. Um, none of which make me cool or hit at the neighborhood barbecue, unfortunately. Well, so what that means is you, you understand the inner workings and the architecture of these plans. That's that's correct. Very good observation. Yeah, because you've you've been there, and what what I heard out of I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but one of the things I heard is number one, you as a dentist, you don't automatically default to accepting every carrier that you possibly can. Say more mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. And so in most cases, you have different folks that are in different stages of their business. Um, So, you know, if you're a startup, you know, and you have empty chair time, empty chair time, you know, an empty operatory makes a sound. (laughs) Right. That's money getting flushed down the toilet. That's right. Uh, You know, and so, you know, in kind of to your earlier point, if you just got out of school and you got a mountain of debt, you know, and you open up your practice, you know, the meter's running and mm-hmm. it's your money. The bullets are live. You've never owned a business before. Right. Welcome to um, an entrepreneur club, you know, John, mm-hmm. can you please get the man or woman their <laughs> jacket. Um, now you're the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the bookkeeper, the website person, marketing, um, janitor. Oh, hey, listen, you got to be a dentist too. Right, right. right. Um, and so that takes an adjustment period, I think. And so what's important is cash flow. Mm-hmm. And so you need to make sure, you know, step one is you need to survive. Um, and, you know, that's a startup. Sure. So, you know, we don't 
we don't do a lot of startups. In fact, we don't really do any. Um, I talked to a, a lot of folks, and I've you know been to GRU over in Augusta, and it was very clear to me in the first ten minutes. You know, I'm like, so here's kind of the things that you need to think about, and everybody was staring at me. You know, like I slipped into Portuguese. Um, yeah, sentence. you're like the skunk at the wedding, right? You're bringing all the bad news. Right. And I'm like, so no, you don't get, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> do you know what credentialing is? And they're like, uh, uh-uh. Oh boy. And, you know, and I'm like, well, here's, so here's how our contract works and what a network is. Nope. None of that. Huh? Oh, okay. wow. And so I spent a lot of, you know, I, you know, I, I did my talk and then afterwards, you know, the kids had a lot of questions. I probably stayed there till like 11 o'clock at night. Mm. You know, answering all their questions. Um, and I really feel like that was, a, it's like throwing a pebble in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately there's a lot of stuff. If you don't do your own homework, um, or if you don't have good advisors around you that, um, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. So if you're just fresh out of school, you know, you got to do what you got to do to survive. You'll learn a lot of things. Um, but once you're established, if you're an established doc, you know, the, you know, to make this, as simple as I can, um, you know, when you're looking at PPOs, it, it comes down to, well, how much access do you want to have as a participating provider to these various pools of discounted insurance patients mm, This right. on a scale of one to 10, you know? Um, right. And so some clients look at it as access. Some clients look at it as how much discounting do I need to do in order to fill my schedule? Really the same question. Like we'll give you the answer, but their perspectives are different. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, most of our practices, most of our clients are, you know, tend to be top tier docs, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they're, they're definitely established. Um, you know, it, you know, and our job is to convince insurance companies to, you know, pay them more than it, they would usually pay, which I know this sounds crazy, but they're just not in a hurry to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And so there's, we need to understand what, what it is about that practice that makes that practice important and a good partner for the carrier. So that now, if you don't mind me interrupting, that was really an interesting statement you just made. I mean, what, so what you're saying is if I can put it, put it in another way, you're, you're really a practice advocate with the insurance company. I mean, you advocate for that practice and why their business is important with the insurance company. So, so that, that, that insurance company will, will in effect pay more to do business with them. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So what that, what does that mean for the bottom line of a, of, of a practice? I mean, uh, because you obviously help practices, as you say, accept less discounts. Uh, you help them pick the right kind of, uh, I guess, portfolio, if you will, of insurance providers to do business with. Right. Um, what, what does that mean for a typical practice that you work with in terms of their bottom line. I mean, you've, if you don't want to use a real life example, maybe you can use, use one that's with, without a name, but it would be interesting. I think for our folks to hear that. 
If I told you our actual batting average, John, you would probably use profanity. <laughs> well, we're not regulated by the FCC, so try me oh, out. Really? Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> um, it, you know, so um, I'm going to have to give my um, official reply here, which okay. is it, re- it really depends. And this is true. So every project is different. Like, mm-hmm. where were they when they started out? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they were on good contracts already. Mm-hmm. And so we're just doing a tune up, um, you know, for practices that are writing off you know, half a million dollars, which happens all every day. Um, you know, let's just say that they're pleased. Um, you know, sometimes I tell them, I'm like, look, if you're not sending me a Christmas card at the end of this and then, you know, unless it got hit by a bus, <laughs> uh, you know, so it really depends on where, how bad off they are, whether anybody's you know looked at these contracts. It depends on the leverage of that particular practice. Um, you know, but the projects, you know, they are not, these projects are not easy. They are not um, short or brief, mm. you know, so this, they're long-term engagements where mm-hmm. you have to understand exactly what you, the practice is doing and why, you know, this is a, a big portion of revenue. Mm. Huge. I mean, this is, this is it. Like this is a whole enchilada. This is your wealth. Um, and so we need to understand how important the carriers are when you look at the contracts, you have to do all of the math. Um, and then you have to go to the, you know, what I, I call the market and, you know, it's not wall street. And I'm talking about the, you know, the relevant entities and networks or in carriers that are in any given market. You know, like we're a national firm. We have clients from Anchorage to LA, sure. Miami to New York, you know, but we're based right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless Georgia. And, <laughs> You know, it's so everywhere is different. So the market in Atlanta is different than, you know, L.A. or Chicago or certainly Boise, Idaho. Right. Um, so you have to understand all of that. And then you got to go out to all of these folks and go back and forth and understand, you know, then the carriers have to understand. And they're all different, too. I think, you know, I think that there's um, everybody wants to lump you know, insurance carriers into some bucket, they actually care about different things. Um, you know, their, their, their target client type or patient type or employer group varies as well. Um, and their leadership, they're all different. And so they care about different things. And so, you know, we try to be as transparent as possible with the, with the insurance carriers. And so we give uh, some information about the client, like this is why they're awesome. All right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it comes down to the numbers and we have an actuarial tool here that is, you know, just as good or really better than anything the insurance companies have. Mm. You know, Cause that's where I'm from. So I had to build something. Um, and you know, whereas they're, we're using underwriting methodology based on that practice. Whereas mm-hmm. they're usually looking at a market. If you look at Atlanta, so they're projecting claims out to be two or three years where um, we're looking more specific at the experience or, or the claims history of that, that specific practice. Um, and so you have to go out there. So you, you really, you're 10 months into this thing before you, you know, now we are going to start making some decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And now those decisions and the execution of these decisions right, are what takes the most time. And so you have to then, you know, how are you going to execute? You have, we usually have most of the game plan done at that point, um, but we're very conservative here. And so we're very methodical 
we want to avoid fire drills in you know in any and minimize any turbulence and by turbulence i mean you know cash flow disruption patient disruption um claims disruption or you know most of all if not the most important staff disruption everybody needs to be comfortable and confident in what we're doing Mm -hmm. and why and you know so it's not like our you know we provide the guidance and we we do the math and we provide all of the recommendations that are based on the direction that the client has given us up to that point you know obviously things change then when we go and we sit down with the team at the practices you know it's up to them to say you know yes or no and what their risk tolerance is going to be you know if let's say that they wanted to um let's say there was a major carrier right Mm -hmm. um yeah, I won't use any names. Let's just say you're in a market. There's a big carrier and the carrier it's, you know, it's 40% of your practice, right? The mm-hmm. revenue volume. Mm-hmm. And then we do the math and they're paying you 50 cents on the dollar. Um, well, that's not good because <laughs> your, your business overhead is, you know, 60, 65. If you include your salaries, which you should, I'm sure your spouses want you to and your children. Sure. Yeah. They um, like that. Yeah, I bet your I bet your wife does too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so if our business overhead is sixty five, then how can we take fifty cents on the dollar? Right, that doesn't make a whole lot of financial sense. No, you know, and I don't think you have to be Stephen Hawking to understand that. Um, you know, and so, but let's say that we do the math, and then it's forty percent of the practice. Let's say it's a, just keep easy numbers. It's a million dollar practice, so it's four hundred thousand, and then. You're like, well, okay, we're getting fifty cents on the dollar. We're getting four. We have four hundred thousand revenue at fifty cents on the dollar. So that's a ton of patients, right? That's a lot of patients, mm-hmm. you know. And the carrier is unreasonable. Let's say that they're in Atlanta, just because we're here, and they go, you know what, Doc, John Ray Dentistry. You know how many dental practices we have in Alfredo? So you got plenty. Pound sand. Tell John Ray. That we appreciate all of his business and we'll enjoy counting his money for years to come. But uh, he either takes 50 cents on the dollar or he's out. And we just say, you know, we're, we're always playing professional. Okay. Like, I understand. I, I, I do. I sure. can understand the insurance carrier side completely. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And so they then make their business decisions. Now we come back to you. We'll use you. We'll call you Dr. John Ray. Mm-hmm. Make your mama real proud. <laughs> yeah, that'll come as a surprise. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and so then, you know, uh, yeah, I'll come back to you. And I said, John, look, here's the deal. So we have a uh, carrier X here is paying you 50 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So you're losing money. Right? right. You understand this, right? And then, you know, usually the client has a few choice words for a little while. We got to wait for that to die down. Sure. Um, and then we say, well, you know, they're they're not budging. And they're not going to budge. And this is the worst case scenario. Um, but I think that this is really important content in case any of the provider community is listening and even the payer community, because we're very consistent in this particular message. Um, rule number one is uh, your, our clients got to break even, you know, so we're not losing money unless there's a, a damn good reason why, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, so at any rate, um, so we go, okay, so you're getting 50 cents on the dollar. Um, you, you should just, we're going to have to cancel that, terminate that agreement. You're going to go out of network is what our recommendation is going to be. Right. So then we do a cost benefit analysis and then, you know, 
then the client's reaction is like, oh, man, oh, that'd be awful bad. That'd be <laughs> awful. What do you mean go out of network? That's terrible. We're going to lose patients, Pat. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, how many? They're like, well, I don't know. So, well, I don't know either. I mean, if you think you're going to lose half, I'm like, oh, half. Oh, oh, Pat, that would be a disaster. That would be a calamity. No, actually, it wouldn't. Yeah. From from financial perspective, you would make more money. You would. Yeah. I don't think you're going to lose half because you told me that you were awesome for all of these reasons. Right. Now, are you the Walmart of dentistry or, you you know, like you tell me. And so they either make the decision. It's up to them, obviously. But, you know, most folks don't hire us if they're not going to kind of follow guidance, right? Sure. It's, it's up to them, but you know, I, I just give them the facts. Um, we, you know, we're neutral towards it, you know? And so in the bottom line is, and this happens all the time across the country and they're like, and so once you, they understand that and they see the math and they're like, man, half, half of my, you know, like half of my income is gone. I'm losing money every time I see one of these, these members and the bottom line, you don't want any more of them, right? You're losing money right? Cause you're doing a good job for them. Now you're getting referred by the, your patients, right? And mm. you're getting referred by people that they work with because where's everybody usually spend all their time at work mm-hmm. where they get that, that dental insurance at work. Mm-hmm. Right? And so now you're a victim of your own success. You get referred in more 50 cents on the dollar. Now you're losing more and more money, right? So if you're at 30%, the next year is going to be 40%. What are you going to do when it's 60%? Um, so that's really, you know, one of the most important things when, when I'm speaking, you know, across the country, I'm like, you can't take 50 cents on the dollar. You don't have to hire us. Right. Right. Just stop doing that. Right. Uh, and so, but that's the conversation. There's naturally some anxiety, but if, you know, if it's planned out properly, um, then I, I'll tell you, you know, we've done hundreds of projects at this point and, you know, they never lose half of their patients. Yeah. So you, you've got the experience to bring to that and, and, and to help assure, you know, reassure a dentist that life is going to be good on the other side of this project. So, um, because of all the other projects you've done and all the other, uh, I guess, testimonials that you've got from satisfied clients, right? Right. Yeah. We're, we don't have a sales team at Mm -hmm. all, actually. Um, we're just, uh, now, um, kind of raising our visibility and, you know, I've had some extra time to Mm -hmm. work on the website. Um, We are exclusively referral based. So, you know, it's usually a current client that sent you over to us. Um, You know, current client or, you know, sometimes there's a, somebody that's involved in an advisory capacity at that practice um, that cares about their long-term financial success, like maybe a CPA or, you know, a wealth manager, um, some of the more top tier dental consultants, um, that are out there and, you know, but it's somebody that's really invested into that practice and has some sort of stake in mm-hmm. that practice being successful. And so then they call here, you know, they talk to my team and, you know, but every, every single client has to talk to me first, you know? And so then we have a conversation. I'm, I'm fairly direct, you know, in case it's not immediately obvious. And, you know, and we talk about it, like, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Like sometimes we're a good fit. Sometimes we can help you and sometimes not. Um, it, but I'll, I'll tell you that really right up front. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, that's, you never want to 
jump on a project or, you know, jump into something that's going to be two years if you don't understand what you're getting into, you know? So, you know, what I tell folks, I said, look, we're going to be friends for two years. So let's make sure everybody's very comfortable and confident with what we want to accomplish together. Um, because at the end of it, if they're not thrilled, then there goes our marketing plan <laughs> because that's how we get all of our clients. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, uh, well, this has been great, Pat. Um, uh, great stuff from Patrick O'Rourke. He's the founder CEO of uh, practice quotient, better known as PQ. Um, Pat, this has been awesome. And, uh, we, we, um, know you got to get on to, to, uh, work with your clients. So how about before we let you go, give us your contact information. Folks that have heard this would like to be in touch. How can they do that? Sure. Um, you can contact our offices anytime. We are not closed. We have full staff. We haven't furloughed anybody. Um, we're at 470 is the area code 592-1680. That's 470-592-1680. Or you can submit a contact us inquiry on our website, which is www.practicequotient.com. P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E-Q-U-O-T-I-E-N-T.com. And, um, you can also, if you wanted to email me, you can email me at P.O.R.O.R.K. at practicequotient.com. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're here, we're open, we're in Eastern time zone. So if you're listening to this and you happen to be in Anchorage, um, you know, we'll send you a link to my calendar, but we can accommodate before or after business hours. Um, awesome. But one thing before we go, John, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Oh, Right. So I'm the one that asks the questions here. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I think it's, I think it's fair. Play. Okay. Okay. Bring it on. Question in. Okay. So, you know, I'm checking out your hair and I'm wondering, is John Ray cutting his hair at home? Do you have, <laughs> do you have a Floby or are you doing it yourself or what's going on? You know, when you have headphones on, it kind of takes care of that. So, um, uh, if I didn't have headphones on, I, I it, you know, it's a natural barrette. <laughs> headphones are <laughs> oh well next time i'm going to be on camera then because i'll look like ted dancing there you go i love it patrick o'rourke with uh practice quotient pat thanks for being with us my pleasure thank you john thanks folks if you've got headaches that involve administrative tasks bookkeeping marketing presentations uh maybe you've got a virtual workshop that needs to be planned well go engage a smart and reliable office angel they fly in with talent and experience and get the job done and they fly out and they've been working virtually for, I think they're about 17, 18 years old now, uh, founded by SE Escobedo. She's the chief executive angel over there at seven, seven, zero, four, four, two, nine, two, four, six. If you've got an issue that, uh, is holding your business back, give SE a call and, uh, explain to her what you've got and she's got answers. And if she can't help you, she always connects you. So, um, uh, officeangels.us is the, is the website. Uh, so be in touch with SES Cabido office angels and folks, just another reminder that you can listen to this show on all the major podcast apps. We'd love it. If you could go on, uh, any of your favorites, uh, there, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, go on and give us a nice review. It helps us profile great business.
business leaders like Patrick. So check out any of those, uh, any of those apps and more. And you can also, of course, go to NorthFultonBusinessRadio.com and find our complete archive of shows. Uh, follow us on social media as well, if you would, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at North Fulton BRX. So for my guest, Patrick O'Rourke, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.